Hi, this is Tony Silva. Charles Wiz. And it's Two Teachers Talking. And uh, wrapping up the end of the year, this is number 118. And uh, re- taking out the old and ringing in the new. And uh, Happy New Year, Charles. Happy New Year to you too, Tony. Yeah, bring it. Uh, it's another a, a new decade. Mm. I mean, I wonder how many people are saying that now. You know, new decade, end of the decade. I didn't even realize it <laughs> until somebody mentioned, "Oh, it's the end of the decade." Well, that's controversial like, oh. too, because if you remember back to like Y two K, it's like, well, you it know, should... it's really not now. It's the next year. <laughs> so it's still the, this is coming up. It's still the last year of the old one. But yeah, who the hell knows? Well, <laughs> I don't was, know I, that. Ha- yeah, that had to be the greatest scam that I've ever ha- n- seen, heard, experienced in my life. That Y two K disaster. It was, it was thing. an episode, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really a I time. I think it was a total scam, right? It was a it was a, it was a whole conflation of like the weirdest vectors and, and just manifest madness. It was just it was just crazy. Some of it was scam. Some of it was just ignorance. It was just it was wild. And I yeah, remember I, I was I was at home alone on at New Year's Eve, and um, waiting was, for the lights to go out. Right. So twenty twenty years ago, so the internet was still kind of a kind of a thing. I mean, you know, it had been is pretty well established, but everyone was so paranoid about it. And so, yeah, so I'm online there, and of course, in Japan, we're nine hours ahead of GMT and fourteen hours ahead of of. Um, my my hometown and i'm you know uh even exchange with some of the folks back home and saying yeah i'm just i'm up there i'm here <laughs> i'm here alone it's like yeah i'm updating my system now it's like 2 a.m it's like yeah it's like aren't you scared i go of what <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not on an airplane <laughs> it's this this year-end thing is a calendar it's a human construct it means nothing <laughs> come on I mean, it can mean something to your machines because there was the whole like double bit year thing. But ah, uh, no, don't don't worry, people. It's okay. You don't need to stockpile anything, right? And so here we are at twenty twenty, mm. and uh, nothing as exciting or interesting as that. <laughs> That's maybe not a bad thing. Yes, it is <laughs> not a bad thing. As you get old, the older you get, it's like you know. This is like boring. It's good. <laughs> well, to some, no, no. no I want no, the sun no, to come no, up pretty much the same time and place that it did yesterday. I don't need any surprises. Well, I don't want boring, but I don't want unpleasant surprises. Mm. Boring is not, you know. But I understand what you mean. Is that it's no longer staying up all night, you know, partying for New Year's. You know, I'm usually asleep, and I sleep through, you know, this supposed change of a year or something Mm -hmm. which is just this weird arbitrary thing again another one of these weird constructs we have as if like whoa i'm a year older now Mm. (laughs) it's like yeah yeah so anyway hey happy new year (laughs) so here we are so it's all about expectations isn't it ha ha uh segue 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 (laughs) take it away tony go ahead And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about expectations. Punish you with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, worst joke of the year already. There we go. There we go. Starting off on a bad one. But um, yeah, we're talking about expectations today, but a little differently than before, right? Right. So one of the things that I think we'll end end up talking about this year, maybe next year, who knows? I don't know about fads (laughs) and trends and things that we go and. um, we we have to kind of kind of cop to it and, and come clean. We're totally guilty. Guilty as charged. Back in um, 2015, episode 60, we patted ourselves on the backs pretty hard <clears throat> about um, giving our students high expectations. And we both sat here and bragged about how, yeah, yeah, you know, you set the bar high and. You bragged, Tony. You bragged. I, I, I did. I, I bragged I a lot. I reported. I reported. Okay. Well, I was bragging. <laughs> I was bragging. Um, but, um, yeah, we don't have to, now it's like, you know, you know, you you live and you learn, but, uh, how high is too high? What happens, what happens when you screw up (laughs) and your expectations for your students or even, or God forbid for yourself, um, are maybe unrealistic and then they're too high. And, um, what are the costs? What are the consequences? How do you prevent doing it? Once you've done it, how do you fix it? We're going to try and unravel some of that stuff, huh? Well, I'm going to argue just a little bit. I think 
we were talking about how we set high expectations and then we think we achieve them. I don't think we were addressing the negatives at that point. And it's not because we didn't understand that there were negatives. We've Correct. talked about that throughout the whole time, uh, right? When we talk about just how missing things and getting wrong. But I think what's really key is in the sense that you're talking about looking back at your own teaching and just saying, hey, I got this one really, really wrong. And then a willingness to admit that. Right. And the public acknowledgement, because we've talked about this, right? The, there's you go into the, the the teacher's room and people will talk about the great classes that they've had. It's a very right. rare teacher who comes in and says, you know, that was pretty much the worst job I've ever done. Yeah, we talk about our successes. We don't mention our failures. And interestingly enough, it's the failures that will teach us the most. There you go. Yeah. This, right. So it's kind of a, there's a built in mechanism for actually failure, so to speak here. So, right. Going back, we want to talk about just how we've really gotten this wrong in so many ways. And I think you and I could regale the audiences with, you know, an unlimited number of stories, right, of setting expectations mm -hmm. too high. Um, and, you know, I'm going to start off with just, you know, sharing one that happened very early in my teaching career. And this is when I was working at a, in a, as a, I guess, um, the assistant director, or no, I was the director of a peer counseling program in a high school in California. And I had this one student and she seemed to have a lot of potential for leadership. Uh, that's how I did that. And I don't even know what I would have called leadership. I don't know what I was really thinking back then, but you know, back in my early, te I must've been teaching as my second year or third year. And I guess I drove this young woman too hard because one day she just exploded in class and started yelling at me and cursing at me and saying the meanest, nastiest things and you know in a class of about 15 students and it was her reaction just to being driven too hard and being driven too hard was the manifestation of my having these expectations that you know she's got real leadership potential and that was a real eye-opener for me in the sense of learning that you know i don't gauge things that well maybe but more importantly i didn't gauge that this was somebody who liked being driven. Well, we're, we're like none of us infallible in that. <clears throat> well, I understand that. I mean, do you think I'm going to admit <laughs> that I'm <laughs> fallible in something that everybody is not or something? But that's the early story for me. And I don't think I've had anything rise to that level since then. But in Japan, I'm just going to guess that this happened a whole lot, but it's more on a classroom basis than an individual basis is what I'm trying, I guess, to say is that that's my example of an individual basis. I didn't see my expectations for the whole class. Whereas in Japan, I see my expectations being more, I guess this is maybe a weird uh, side effect of being in Japan that I've moved from the individual to the group, but my expectations are more for a specific class. Than it is for individuals. I don't know. What about for you? Or do you look at individuals, or are we really talking here about our expectations for a class? Well, I think today's today discussion, we're going to talk about both. But um, I think for this kind of discussion, mostly it's going to be with the group because it's the kind of decisions that you make and the actions that you take generally happen fairly early on. And you don't know the individual, so you kind of there's a lot of guesswork. And um, before I get I get into any stories or anything, I did want to mention two things about um, our previous discussion. Um, and one of them, and this this is you know, okay, easy to say, but my, one of the points that I think that I made pretty strongly back in episode sixty was. Did this whole idea about expectations underscores the importance of accurate needs analysis? Um, and how you get that, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> that's that's really important. You, 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 I guess you know you fall back on the Japanese thing. You do the best you can. Oh. Well, let me interrupt you for just a second, Tony, because we've had a disagreement about this. Right, doing the needs assessment right away, whether or not you should really test the class on that first day. And we've talked about the pluses and the minuses on that. 
Well, I don't necessarily mean implies a test on the first day. It's just however you do it. I mean, you can just, you can eyeball it. You can do it by casual conversation. You can, we talked about, you know, how many kids laugh at the joke. Um, it doesn't need to be a test on the first day, but somehow the combination of, you know, what you know about the school, what you know about the specific class that you've been given, the way that the, the, the feel of the class, you read the air, um, uh, you may have test scores at your disposal, you know, like from their something in their entrance exam or a, a TOEIC exam or something, or you may not. I don't know where this comes from. And it, it may be your own design test on the first day. It may or may not. But somehow the teacher needs to establish, have some criteria for guessing, and it is a guess, what the students are capable of and what and where you want to take them. Okay, that's good because I think that makes for a, a better definition or explanation of expectations. Mm-hmm. We're not talking right. about students' levels, right? What we're right. saying is that given a, a level of students in a class, where does the teacher think they can go or want to take them? That's sure. what we're really talking about here. Because you got their I basic, think. your innate ability, and then you've got their willingness to do the work. <laughs> and that those are two separate things, but you got you have to know both of those things, right? And then there's the third one, right, which we've talked about before, which is the dynamics of the class. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't show up usually until about the third week. Right, I right. Think. You don't know on right. the first day. First day is tabula first, rasa. You're just staring right. at these blank faces. And the second one, they're still in shock. Mm-hmm. And it's about by the third or fourth class. So you're already one third, one, what, 25% of the way through the semester before, and until you are able to get a sense of how these students are working together and what this classroom personality is like. So, okay, we have a clear idea. So basically expectations are where you want to take those students and where you think they can go based on some assessment mechanism, either formal or informal. Yeah. And there was, Would you there agree was- on that? Yeah, 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 okay. absolutely. And uh, there was another thing that I wanted to uh, mention from that episode that was one of your ideas. And this, again, oh, please don't, a, please don't remind me of anything I've ever so said. That was a great idea. Okay, <clears throat> then please remind me of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one time it'll work. And at the beginning of of a semester with a new class or a year with a, with a new class, um, how critical it is to set up some kind of early success for the class for the students. Um, again, this assumes some kind of previous needs analysis, so you're not aiming too high or too low, but you want your first assignment or your first assessment task, whatever it might be, to be at a, at, at the correct level so that the probability of success is high. Because you don't want the student's first assignment or two or task or two to be to, to result in failure. Because that's just going to turn everybody off. You've got to have attainable goals. And uh, you, you brought that up. And, and I, it's really, it's, it's absolutely essential. It's really important. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if I even agree with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I, let, me, let me just, this is a curveball into this. I, I still think students have to feel successful. But something I've noticed is that when I make recently, there, and I'm, I don't know whether it's a perceived change or an actual change, but I've given students a you know an activity I think they can be successful at, and I've gotten such poor results in terms of actual effort being put into the activity that it's kind of backfired on me a little bit. So I'm really trying to find that real uh, the the magic point where the activity is challenging enough, but you know, it's ha- going to be successful. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, and there's and there's two there's two vectors at play there, right? One is, and and both of them is something the teacher needs to be aware of. One is like the the actual difficulty of the class and the level of the students. Like how how difficult is the task? What are the skills skill level, the skill set that the student student students might need to uh, successfully complete the task? Second part. Is how much how much work there is, and that is a difficulty. But in terms of volume, um, and I walked the line at one of my schools, especially early on, and their their level is very high. And uh, I, I have no question that 
80 to 90 percent of them can do this work easily but the volume is pretty high and uh, they do it but um they're also good enough students to like a couple of weeks into the semester let me know it's like hey this class is a lot of work <laughs> teacher <laughs> this is a lot of work i'm working for harder unit. for this class than the other class it's like yeah that's okay good <laughs> is what i tell them because how else are you gonna learn you know that yeah well the flip that, side that class yeah Okay, but I, I, I have the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. And this is when the students get really upset at me because they say exactly the same thing. They go, you know, I spend more hours working on this class than my other classes. I say, well, how many hours a week do you spend working on your other classes? And they say, oh, about two or three or four hours. And I'm like, okay, we're uh, no, no, you know, I end up being the old guy saying, wow, when I was a kid. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's absurd. But but that goes with their expectations, right? Well, remember, they do have 15, often they do have like 15 but classes, no, right? I know, but I've asked them, I said, for all your classes, how much homework, right. studying, reading, prep do you do? And they're talking about three or four hours a week. Total, yeah. Right, you know this. Yes, And yes. you can hear the, the pitch of my voice suddenly rising as my <laughs> blood pressure goes up. And I, I look at them and I say, so you're telling me because I give you an hour of homework a week, so your total amount of homework studying is five doubled. to six hours. It's exactly <laughs> that you expect me, you know, you expect me to take this seriously. Mm, mm, mm. Right? And this goes back to, um, and it's the thing where you've talked about built to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's built, now I have to use in built in to fail because their expectation is that they won't be doing anything. So anyway, that's kind of what we're dealing with. And so resetting those expectations, et cetera, is an important thing. Um, So you like those two vectors that you talk about, I think are key. Yeah, difficulty and volume, yeah. And do you think we need to, separate those out in a sense because you're setting what are the expectations actually we're talking about are we talking about the expectations of how much work the students will do the level of difficulty and challenge or what we you know the psychological um expectations that students will come in be willing to take risks that they will be willing to try out new phrases or you know new use vocabulary i mean should we specify what we mean by expectations? i don't think so because i think we're okay. talking about all of those things and, and okay they don't exist in isolation it's like and if we miss on any of them we're going to run into problems so the, the key thing here you're saying is that make one mistake in one ve- and there's multiple vectors obviously or mm-hmm. or however we want to call it that screw up on one and you've screwed up on them all is that what you're suggesting you haven't, you haven't screwed up on them all but you've screwed up and you need to somehow fix it okay and there's going to be a cascading effect though from yes, that one screw it's up it's going to bleed over key. into the other things okay bleeds yeah. a good ter- yeah yeah bleed <laughs> that's a good term. Yeah. you're bleeding me these <laughs> Tail, students are bleeding me front. to death yeah, yeah. okay so <laughs> We're looking at what we're really doing wrong here. Mm. So, where should we start on this discussion? Do you want well, to maybe maybe identification? It's like how do you how do you know? I mean, what is it that you see uh, that gives you a sign that may, you may be asking more from the students slash class than is going to work? Okay, and none of which are not capable of or they're willing to do, but you're asking more than is going to happen. <laughs> okay, I I think I need to reset a little bit here. I think there's two kinds of setting too high expectations. Mm-hmm. One is the willingness of the students to engage, making mm-hmm. an error in that, and that could be work volume or just attitude, class attitudes, etc. Mm-hmm. And the second is setting too high expectations or overrating their abilities. Mm-hmm. I think those I, are separate things. They are. They are separate things. Yeah. I think so, yeah, very definitely. Are they, do they, do they get approached in the same way or are there separate approaches or well, the, different the, the, ways of fixing the, the, these? What the, do you think? The, the, the bogey is like, a lot of times, especially if it's, if it's a new year, a new semester, you might not know which of those two things is off kilter. You just something something. There's a disconnect. Like you're, you, you again, you walk into you. You give an assignment. Blah. You come in, and 
something is wrong because either it's half the kids haven't done it or it's done so poorly or or both or some combination or half is one and half is the other and that's the thing is like how do you how do you know that your your expectations are out of kilter with what's coming for either of those two reasons but i think at the beginning it's not really obvious um you don't know if they're failing because they're not willing to do the work or you don't know if they're failing because they're incapable of doing the work at the beginning you don't know um it yeah. might be it might be totally off the charts it might be that the assignment was just way 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 below them and they just blew it off because it was like this is a waste of my time how often does that really happen Ah, uh, it depends where you teach. <laughs> how would you? How, how would okay? Let's let's get a little bit concrete then. So, one teacher talking to another. How do you know when that's the case that they've blown off the assignment because it was way too easy for them? Uh, what would be indicators of that? Well, you have like, for example, the students just not doing the assignment, coming to class, but then engaging. At, right. You know, at a normal or better than normal level and being in communicating and, and t- talking and discussing and asking questions, but they just didn't do the assignments. Okay, well, I'm underestimating these guys. Okay, I need to stop for just a second and make sure that because we assume that the term flipped classroom, which is something we've been doing forever, right, mm-hmm. is that the homework is prep for the next class. Mm hmm. So that's really key here, um, right? So they didn't need some, to. They felt they didn't need to prepare. This is right. Like, I can right. do this. It's, right. The homework is not proving what you've that you've learned something, and it's not reviewing of what happened in the previous class. It's prepping for the class coming up. So the student looks and then says, "Okay, well, hey, I don't need to do this. I got this." Right. Right. It would be like us going into like a master's program and having like you know the introduction to teaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You kind of go, I don't need to do this. I can just walk into class. So, okay. So, one way is that the, the students didn't do the assignment, but they're totally engaged in handling vocabulary or content quite easily in the class. And if it's a communication class, then you should get some instant feedback. But if it's something else, it's something like a reading or uh, reading class, it's a lot harder to see. Yes. Yes. That's where I was going next, is mm. that... Communication, speaking, classes. I think listening classes are okay. Writing well, classes, classes is pretty easy because you can you give them, a, tell them what to do and either they do it or they don't. It's like right, they understand yeah. or they don't. It's like, okay, this is where we're at. Right. right. But it's not, you have to really be looking at them as they do the assignments and making sure and monitoring. Right. Whereas I could sit in front of a class in a communication class and I can see whether or not students are getting it. That's mm-hmm. the easiest mm-hmm. one of all. Okay. All right. So that's one way. So what are some of the other ways you would be able to tell that you have missed undershot, for lack of a better term, and given a too easy assignment? And they just checked out because, you know, hey, I don't need to do this. Are there any other indicators a teacher can look for? Well, if if it's a, any kind of written assignment, um, and what you're getting back is everything is perfect it's like okay there was nothing new f- for these kids this they they know how to do all this stuff i you need to step back and 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 bump it up but that doesn't happen so often I, either of those cases i mean it's possible it happens that you can like you know underestimate your students but my experience is it doesn't happen that often usually it's the other end is where you ask the kids too much Okay. Well, we were talking about what happens when the students come to class and they haven't done the work. Right. So, so one it's, it's, reason it's a, it's a is, sign that something's wrong, right? Okay. And one is like either like, yeah, there's either mass failure, okay, either the students haven't done it or whatever they've been asked to do, um, the quality of what they're producing, whether it's submission or oral or whatever it might be, is way below what you thought you were going to get. Okay, and I do need to put a disclaimer in here. We're talking about schools where the school culture is to do the work, not a school culture where, you know, the students just consistently don't do the homework with an expectation of passing. Well, I think it, it's either one because it's it's up to the the, the teachers got to, you know, we, you and me, teachers, 
we have to like factor all that in into what our expectations are. You know, if it's at a school where, yeah, <laughs> homework, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's not a thing for me. Um, they just don't do homework versus serious schools where, yeah, students actually do want to learn. Um, okay. That's part of the equation, and, and the teacher's got to factor that in. So you can't go from like ex, uh, you know, determining your expectations of the students from like one of the more serious schools, and you carry those into one of the other schools where you said the school culture is like, you know, I don't bring my textbook to class. I don't do homework. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that. Um, the teacher's got to adjust for that. Otherwise, there's disaster. Well, I'm assuming that the teacher's adjusting. What I'm saying is that I'm, think it's important that we talk about the expectations high expectations will not work for a certain s- kind of school and certain yeah, kind of student yeah, okay. that's what i mean by this okay. we're, we're, i think we're really talking about a place where success in the classroom and what happens in the classroom is within an environment where there is a reasonable expectation that learning and and work will be done not um a club med type of environment mm. mm-hmm because in a club med kind of environment, it's like, I need you to write three words this week. And that might be too high. You know, find three new words, right? Uh, and you, you walk in. But you're just so correct. You know, and you walk into class and, and, you know, 10 minutes before class, and there the students are furiously writing away with half of them copying off of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about that. I think we're not talking about that situation. We're okay. talking about the situation. I think it's better to focus on okay. this yep. because <clears throat> I've, I've, the reason I'm saying this is that I know that people say students will rise to the level of expectations. Hmm. That's and, what we said. Well, yeah. We, <laughs> think, we said in 2015. Yeah, that's what we right, said. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think we even talked about the, the great um, thing from Amy Tan in uh, um, one of her books. Where you know she talks about you know you know expectations, but in that situation, you know there's it's almost it's not going to go anywhere. So what I'm thinking here, Tony, is looking at the situation where what we do as instructors in terms of setting too high expectations has a detrimental effect on a class that okay. mm. you know is yep. in an uh, with a culture that is a little bit more let's say you know the one we're kind of used to working in or that we prefer to work in because the other situation the reason i mention this is that if you're working at schools where the students do not expect to do any work that, you know, where for them, you know, the big thing is, well, I've come to every class, therefore I should pass, is that high expectations in that situation, you might get one or two students who really want to learn, but overall, you're just going to frustrate yourself and you're going to cause yourself a lot of pain. So I want to exclude those situations and talk about the ones where actually what we've done has detrimental effects on the class. Mm, okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Or do you yeah. think that I'm going off on a tangent? Well, I'm always no, going no, off on a tangent. No, no, that's no, that's good. I and um, I think that's fine. And I I think the 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 stickier part and the harder part is the is the middle. Always the middle. <laughs> the stick middle is always a sticky part. And that's right? and that's and that's where I have like in the last two years I have failed and succeeded. And I don't know what I did differently necessarily, except maybe one thing. Um, this is a speech and in, in presentation class, and last year I had a group of students. Not not a big class, and it's, and it's it's a good school, and it's generally pretty good. And they're all English majors, not the highest level. And last year, nothing I could do. I could not get them to do the work. They would not. And man, you know what? My memory is shot. This might be two years ago. Right, whatever, whichever year it was. I, I remember, and I, I talked to the director. How's it going? I says, you know. He goes, that's awful. I says, I said, yeah, I know. I said, it's, it's, I never expected it from from the school, from this place, and that, I, I just don't know what it is. They just won't do the work, and I, I tried every, you know, my whole bag of tricks. Um, I got through the year, but not not very successfully. And um, then came this year. And again, you know, same same setup, same school, same class, same size, and same level. And the kids are 
I was really happy because at the, the first semester I had um, three students that I had last year. And what was very rewarding is that these kids were like, and maybe just because they knew my, what my expectations were, which is head and shoulders about everybody else in the class. And uh, I, was very, I was very full of myself. <laughs> of course, taking credit for all of it. But um, I lost them at the semester because you know, they're all they're studying abroad, and left with uh, the, the the remainder of the class, and that made a difference. And I think uh, the um, with those three or four students who were excelling out of the classroom, that brought the the rest of the class out from under out from the shadows, and they realized, well, okay, now. The, the playing field has changed, and they they were and they've been doing the work, and they're doing the work. But uh, they uh, and it was a presentation; it was a small enough class, so yes, I had I had them. I tried to do what we talked about, and I had them split into two groups. But okay, they're going to perform for each other. I'm not going to be watching them. It's going to be okay, but I can manage two presentations at once and their actual performance was way below expectation it was very it was subpar and they got finished and they were supposed to do it twice on that one day you're supposed to mix the groups and i says well i told them i says um we're not going to waste our time doing this again um because what i've seen each of you do these are these are not presentations um you're you're, you're it's very clear you're not supposed to have any paper. You're all reading. Um, your slides are unacceptable. You, you did not read the textbook and design. It's like, no, we're done today. Um, class is finished. Um, you're going to do this again next week, and you're going to do it in front of the whole class. Didn't lose my temper. Very even. It's like, no, it's done. It's like, and, you know, it's like, whatever it was, I found their soft spot. Came back the next week. They were fantastic. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I. It's like you just got. I just got lucky. <laughs> I found. Uh, a, I found a spot and I and I hit it and and pushed them and they all came back. And they did fit and they, and they've been great ever since. So, who the hell knows? I don't know. Yeah. I uh, okay. Well, we're we're talking about high expectations, but now we're talking about this is something we've talked about before, and we, I think we were both moaning about this a few weeks ago. Is that basically the students train me? to be strict uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. we did the same thing i had the mm-hmm. same situation i had a class they weren't performing i didn't lose my temper but i was clearly letting them know that i was upset that i thought they weren't doing their work yeah. that they had been lazy that they were coasting and that you know i'm my job is to teach them and that from this point on you know i'm just going to have to come down on you and i'm going to check all your assignments Next week, everybody does the work. They do a really good job. The following week, they do the work. I don't check them. The third week, they're still doing the work. So maybe it's all about communicating expectations to the students. You know, it. I wonder, right? Because I was interpreting it as if I scold them, right, that they're reacting I don't know, because on the first day, I say, this is what I expect. And it's very clear. It's on the website. It says, I expect you to do the work. I expect you to come prepared to class. And I always, on my first class, in every single class, give them the useful phrases sheet, the useful expression sheet. And I say, I will check you the next week on this. There will be a quiz, because those are just useful things. And even students who have gone through second or even third year English classes sometimes don't have some of these basic phrases like, you know, would you excuse me, please, when they need to go out of the room. And invariably over the last, you know, my entire teaching career, I can tell you that 75% of the students will fail the quiz. So I set the expectation that, you know, you're supposed to review and you're supposed to do these things. So I think I set those expectations and communicate them reasonably clearly. And then, but... So I don't know. What I'm saying, Tony, is I don't know if it's communicating expectations clearly or or communicating my disappointment that you haven't met the expectations. I think they're reacting to the disappointment and the scolding. And that there's now that there's a penalty 
And I, you know, saying I'm confused on this one. I still not sure, but the, you know, the negative side or, or, you know, the, the, the dark force or whatever you want to call it says, ah, you know, you're rewarding me for being strict, Mm -hmm. not for communicating my expectations. Clearly there's, I don't think there's anything different in how I share my expectations, except the tone of voice. So yeah, well, that's the thing is like, like you said, you know, you said the, you express them clearly. We might think so, but maybe not to them. And so, like, they don't, maybe, just don't really understand our words, but they can, they can hear that tone. It's like, okay, he's angry now. I did something wrong. I don't know what, but he looks like he's angry. So I better do my homework. Um, I'm not so sure. I, because I, I, this is one place where I know that I screw up all the time. I always assume that they understand more than they do my instructions more than they do. And it's again, it's like, look for that that next week. You you get, okay, there's, of course, mass failures, like 75% of them don't do it. They're not ready for the quiz. All right, fine. Um, So that's just mass failure. And then sometimes, until until you again for this discussion get angry lose your temper or in some other way say express to them let them know that like hey blah you know it's like this is this is no good um unsatisfactory and then they get it and then maybe it changes um i'm gonna argue with you on this one really disagree okay and the reason is is that i can give them the quiz and they don't do well, and then give them the quiz again, and they improve. Then I give them another thing to learn, and then they go back to the original pattern. In other words, the feedback from not being successful in the quizzes does not seem doesn't stick. Is what I'm saying. So when we're talking about the higher expectations here, I'm just wondering whether the there's something going on in terms of are they reacting to us as people or are you know is it that they don't understand that the expectations mean something to us now that sense i'll agree with you that we haven't communicated that hey these expectations are just not you know um superficial for me that i take these seriously that this is how i measure who i am as a educator is having these high expectations and getting you to achieve them and then they pick up that hey the teacher's upset we haven't done that we have we've made the teacher sad or right. we've made the teacher angry um that actually might be part of what's going on oh i think so very definitely more than that they don't understand the directions because One of the things I've started doing in the last year or two years, really, and especially this past year, whatever I have an activity, I give directions and I say, okay, here's what I want you to do. You go and the directions are written in English. And I say, okay, now check with everyone in your group. Make sure you understand everyone in the group understands what they're supposed to do. So if there's a homework assignment, okay, everybody get together in your group, make sure you understand everything and make sure that everyone in the group understands. And I have gotten to the point now where I allow them to talk in Japanese to confirm that they know what to do. But you don't for, tell them what to do in Japanese. No, I do not no. tell them what to do in Japanese. All the directions are in English. And this way, they're responsible in their groups for making sure that the students who do not understand, understand. And it's just, you know, something I've just had to do because I realized that they were going back and they, too many students were coming back and saying, I, don't, I didn't understand what to do. And even though I've, uh, you know, the higher expectation, the expectation that's too high is that you will tell me that you don't understand. Wow, well, that's, <laughs> I say, the fact, no, the fact that you're getting them to come to you and saying that they don't understand is a huge accomplishment. I'm saying that most of them don't do that. Most of them don't do that because we talked, I think you said it, I think after you started recording, um, they are adept at covering the fact that they don't understand. Yeah. They're really good at appearing to understand everything when they right. don't understand at all. And then it shows up in, in the homework or the prep and you're, work. And, you're, and, and we're baffled. It's like, what the hell? What the hell? Well, they didn't understand from the get-go what they were supposed to do. Some cases. Okay. Example, this week, uh, last week, whatever, time, time warp, 
Um, Christmas, Christmas video. I have a Christmas, a, show me a short video. I've got from years past, I got a quiz and uh, it's got the cast of characters and it's got like four simple questions. And um, I says, this is, how many times I, this is not a test. 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 Um, I'm giving you this because it's got the cast of characters and these questions will help you understand the video better. This is not a test. At the end of the class, video's over. They're all giving me their test. I said, <laughs> kids, so yo, yo, <laughs> this is not a test. How can you not understand that? They're not listening. They didn't hear it. It's not a bad school. I, you, you, it's like how, who, how it's December. I've had these kids since April. It's like how do you? How does it? They don't get it. So, so I'm convinced that so many of these problems that we're having with expectations, maybe the expectations themselves. I think, yes, at least in yeah. my case, it's communicating the expectations. And again, that this that that presentation class I'm talking about. Once they finally understood what my expectations were. They're now they're, they're incredible. Um, another uh, little signal that your expectations might be out of whack. So they've got a textbook. They've got to read the textbook. They get a quiz every week because if you don't give them a quiz, they don't read the textbook. Um, present on how to give presentations out of design slides. After that episode, with uh, you know, yeah, we're over. We're not going to waste our time. The next. Next week was the presentations. The week after that, it did stick. They took the test, the little quiz, collected it. After class, I said, how did I do? How did I do? How did I do? And that was a change. <laughs> so they were actually interested in performing well. And the other part, the other t- thing that you'll get sometimes, it's a sign that your expectations are out of whack. You'll get some kind of student performance, whether it's oral or written, and um, you share the results with them. It's like, okay, well, this is, you know, I don't know, just a numerical number. This is a 65, and they get their pair of 65, and they're happy. It's like, oh, wow, I did it. It's like, huh? That something that they are... They have pride and joy in performances that you think are subpar. It's like, okay, they're operating on a different scale than I am. And maybe it's time for me to knock this down a little bit. Maybe this is, maybe I'm asking a little too much from these guys. I don't know. Yeah. Is it them or me? I don't know. It's always them. (laughs) (laughs) It's never me. I'm perfect. And you know what? The other thing is like, again, and this might, require going into japanese can always just ask them <laughs> it's you can always just ask them hey you, you've talked about they talked about you know their, their levels i mean the amount of work right that compared to other classes and so forth so there's some discussion there but um ask them talk to them i guess maybe Last resort. <laughs> uh, we, we've talked about this too. Yeah, right. right. Well, you're not, you're how, how reliable is the data you're going to get? I don't know, uh, it's, but it's, it's totally it's, unreliable, right? Because <laughs> they're thinking, what answer does the teacher but want? Maybe we're asking them the wrong way. Maybe there's a way to ask them to get the right, get get the real information. Okay, uh, then I don't know. Uh, when, okay, I I don't know. We're looking at a real cultural thing here, where these students. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm really talking about first year students, especially who me are too. It's so, almost all I teach. Yeah, who are so programmed to just do, you know, answer the question in the way they think the teacher wants them to answer the question. Mm. And we've talked about this infinitum, right, about how if you ask students, you know, like um, if there's like one class coming up in the next week and it's like a Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the next two weeks they're off. This is what happened recently. And you ask the students who are coming to class. And I don't know how many times this has happened, but you ask the students how many people are coming to class in the following week, and they all raise their hands. You know that one? Yep. yep. And then you go to class, and like five out of 30 students show up? Yep. Uh, I think but I, but I, but I know a, I know enough to press. I won't take their first answer. I I'll go to them. To, I'll do like the, the kill a mockingbird thing. I'll ask the class to show of hands, and then I'll go to each one and say, really? 
Kenji, you're going to be here next week? I stare him in the eye and he goes, no. Sachiko, really? You're coming next week? Okay, again, how many people are really coming next week? Yeah, well, I, I do that. <laughs> then yeah. it goes from like it goes from thirty to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> and I still get five the following week. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that I think there's a cultural thing here about asking them. Oh yeah, um, what's really truthful, um, and that's part of you know my expectations. I, I always forget that, but the expectation that they understand and the expectation that this means something to them are often very wrong. And as you say, you see that. I know students who are like happy that they got a 60. Mm -hmm, I know mm -hmm. students who just are taking the class because they want the units. And and this could be at reasonably good schools as well. Mm -hmm. Because we're, and the other part of the high expectations is something I've tried to adjust is that most of the classes we teach are for like one unit and they're required for them to pass. And one unit is not going to have that big of an effect on their GPA. And a lot of them are not even worried about GPA. Right. Given how, you know, things are still structured in Japan that, you know, the school you go to determines what, you know, where you work afterwards. That maybe, you know, it's wrong to have these kinds of expectations given that it's one unit and it's not worth it for them. That And the other thing I'm going to argue is that the expectations we have are based on assuming that they're not being rational decision makers. Mm. They're not rational agents. And I think right. there's a very good likelihood that they're looking at this and saying, hey, you know what? This is just not worth my time or effort. I'm going to get one unit. I get a C. has no effect on my GPA, which doesn't matter that much. I just have to pass the class. Yeah, which would you be know, great so, if they would just go away, but they don't. They come and they poison the rest of the class, and that makes it really hard. Uh, well, you know, the ones who just come to class and who are willing to do the minimal amount of work are not the ones poisoning. Mm. The ones who, I think, poison the class, oh boy, I could really go off the deep end on this, mm. are the ones <laughs> we, who come to class. We've done it before. <laughs> right. But, you know, the, and every yeah. teacher in Japan knows what I'm about to say, which is the kind of student who comes to class, does nothing, doesn't bring the textbook, doesn't come prepared, doesn't even have a notebook, and then says, four absences, seifu. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of kid um, is always problematic. And where we're talking about high expectations, again, is not where that kid is going to be very common. That's going to be the outlier. So it's having the expectation for either the students doing more work or that they're understanding, right, more than we think. Um, what other kinds of expectations can we talk about where we set them too high and we really don't and we screw up? I don't so, know. I, th I think we've kind of covered the bases. I mean, it's the, it's the volume of work, one. It's the quality of the production that we expect. Um, and also, and maybe most importantly, is um, the ex what we ex expect or think that they understand from our instruction and from our, what we say, right? Um and I, I think that's maybe the most common mistake. I, and maybe I'm just you know projecting. This is me, but like for me, the, the biggest mistake that I make is that I will too often assume that they understand. I, I'll tell them what they're supposed to do, and I too often assume that they understood what I said, and they okay. don't. And okay. the, as we said, they're such they're so really good at covering that up. So, are there any questions? No. So everybody understands everything. Yes, I said, God, you guys must be geniuses because I would have questions. You don't want to ask about this? Uh, explain it again. Explain it again. And it goes on the webpage. And I don't think that it's, I think that in a lot of cases, they just don't understand what it is. I just told them that they needed to do. Okay, so we have a higher ex uh, expectation is set too high that they understand what we want to do. Right, okay. so there's those three so, things, right? Okay, so let's solve the first one with the um, understanding, right? All right. How would a teacher check these things? I think one thing you can do is put them into groups as I do, check with which your Which you friend, do, yeah. Check, yeah, which is great. Right, and by the way, you have to sign off on your student's homework, your friend's homework. You know, so you're responsible for making sure they understand. I think that's one technique you can do. The other thing is to have it written down somewhere. 
So for those students who don't understand, they <laughs> on can, the web page that they won't look at. Okay, right, right. That's on the web page. <laughs> They'll right. look at and it when they come to class the next time. So I look at the web page. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> too high expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about that one. My favorite one, where the student comes to class, I say, "Where's your homework?" And I was absent. I said, "Well, did you check the website?" Mm. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you know, no excuses on that. So, you know, have, explain, think, have him explain it back to you. It's like, somebody tell me what you're supposed to do for next week. Right. I just told you what you have to do for next week. Somebody tell me what you have to do. Anybody. Right. And do that in groups. Yeah. Do it in groups so that the group is responsible. So let's say you have 30 mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. you have, uh, you know, six groups of five, right? Mm-hmm. And then you say to group one, okay, explain one thing that has to be done. Group two, explain a different thing that has to be done. Because that way you're using the group dynamic. Right, right, right. So right. Great judo move. Yep. Because, yeah, if you ask one individual, the person who says they understand is probably the person who understands. Hmm. So, okay, what else can a teacher do to ensure I don't know. that's. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, that, that, so however you do it, you have to first. Really make sure that they somehow understand what you're supposed to do. Right. And I think yeah. the, thing that you, the things that you outlined are perfect. Yeah. And the other thing is to use something like Socrative if you want to do it individually, right? Mm-hmm. Where this, you know, you put it up on the board and you just say, okay, say one thing that you need to do for this assignment. And you say, okay, this first thing is excluded. You can't include this one. So you do that. So one thing is definitely check for understanding because we have these too high expectations that they understand. Okay. The other high, too high expectation is for the amount of work that they're doing. How do we adjust for that? Well, I think, again, I think we have to remember that they do have maybe 15 other classes, 14 other classes. Um, yes, the amount of work that they have to do those classes might be minimal or non-existent. Um, again, you've got to factor in the culture. Uh, where here high school is when you study and you, you know, so you can pass the entrance exam to university and university is where you play. Um, that's just part of the And culture. that's very deep. Aware of that. deep, yeah, deep, very. deep. If you're not in Japan, it's really hard to understand this, but college is playtime for most students. Yeah. It's like our high school. Yeah. Well, oh. high school, I was working pretty hard and my daughter's working really hard in high school. Well, so, so I don't she's agree in with that anymore. Okay, in Japan, fair enough, right? In Japan, in Japan, they work. Yeah. Well, I don't even know anymore. I don't school. either. They study a lot for tests. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my, exams. Okay, my, let's my, move on. My flute there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, speaking of this, by the way, about the expectation for how much work they do, did I tell you that I, I tried my, um, my experiment with if you want to get a you know, the A course and the C course. Yep, yep, yep. Did you do it? And in, yeah, I did it in all three classes, voted unanimously to go for the A course. And of course, students are not doing the work. Of course, they're not doing it. Yeah. It's like, why did you choose this? So I'm thinking that instead of that, next year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, look, here's what's going to happen. If you want to do the A course, you're going to have an hour and a half to two hours of homework a week. And the C course is no homework. There you go. I like that. and ha- yeah, it's more quantitative. So the reason I mentioned this is in terms of higher expectation or to having too high expectations is that the measurements are how I'm assessing what they want or is wrong. It's not in a way that they can understand it. Right. So w- another thing to do is to try to, it goes back to the directions, but make clear quantitatively you know, make your expectations in a, in a quantitative manner saying, okay, for you to be able to get an A's, we're going to require two hours of homework or something so that they understand what, what the commitment means, because they're just taught to always say, yes, I'm willing to sure. work. Sure. That's a cultural thing. Okay. So that's in terms of how much work they're willing to do. What, and so we've covered understanding. Okay. The, I want to introduce a new thing here about too, too high expectations. And it might be a good way to close this off because it's kind of open-ended is I have the too high expectation that when they're doing group work, they're actually going to use the language and they actually want to use the language. So, you know, speak in English and, you know, don't use Japanese. And yeah. So much that, depends on the class and the school, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Exactly. You know, variation all over the map on that. Right. And so for People who are setting really high expectations, what I've basically learned is that there are some schools where that's just not going to work. 
Mm-hmm. And it's because the students don't have enough language ability to do it. And they're, they've just shut down and they're not going to study or learn. And a lot so of schools have to, to that culture of not trying, right? They're right, just, it's, exactly. It's like you're, you're, that's not cool to try. Right. And I, I have a school where it, no matter what I do, I can give them fun things to do that are quite well within their language level. And they just go to Japanese right away. Feel you. And, and there's nothing you can do. So, you know, I've, I'm kind of throwing in the towel on that. Uh, but you could even have that in, quote, unquote, better schools. Mm. And you, that's a hard one. And I think we need to leave that for another episode don't you think yeah you probably i think that? i think I yeah think. the one thing okay, i, I mean, want to the other, the, all this stuff is really good but i think all of it hinges kind of like something that's just before that and again it's hard to get really specific at like how you get this but however you do it it's like you were just talking about okay you can have the a course and the c course and you're making a decision of what the a course kids are going to do and what's acceptable for the c course well how are you deciding that Maybe have them decide. Yeah, that's, that's that's one way, and I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. You know, I, I give a lot of autonomy to the students, but um, somehow, solid as solid as you can get, as valid as you can get, some kind of needs assessment at the very beginning. However, you get it, um, whether it's like just a subjective read of the university culture vis-a-vis the level of class that these kids are supposed to be plus the vibe that you get when you first walk in, or whether it's some kind of objective evaluation that you do, you've got an objective evaluation that the school administers. Somehow, you get all that stuff together and a whole bunch of mojo voodoo, and as best as you can, figure out, okay, where are these kids now, and what are they, for whatever reason, whether it's motivation or, or actual raw horsepower, what are they capable of doing, and how hard, frankly, do I want to work to get them there? Because it's really hard to pour yourself out, and you and you shouldn't pour your heart out for kids who really don't want to learn. Don't waste your energy on them. Okay, make make and realistic I, expectations and just and just roll with it. Use your energy for the kids who want to do it. Okay, and I just want to add on to that that we say this, and I agree with you because we're talking about college level. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, this yeah, these are not applied. kids anymore. These are right, young exactly. Adults. We're not talking about high school or junior high school or elementary school kids where that doesn't work. Yeah, we're going to teach you, you we're going to teach, teach English, we're going to teach you about consequences. Yes, yes. And they're adults now. And, you know, maybe that's the other thing we need to really address. And we've talked about <laughs> yeah. this is that these are students who have gone through their entire educational experience, I think, to a high degree without, you know, learning that there are consequences for their actions. Right. And I forget that. And that's another, you know, expectation I have that's way too high, is that they understand, oh, wait, you know what? If you insult me, <laughs> you know, there are consequences to this, and they're not used to that. So uh, maybe that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, and maybe. We have, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go down this road. But I think that, again, I agree with you, Tony. Do Find some kind of needs assessment right away that allows for some mechanism to get, to, yeah. to get real feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like, you know, set up a, an interview where the students interview each other. Mm. And then you collect the papers later without telling them and see what happens. Mm. But Okay. So needs assessment, and I think it's a good way to start the year. Is maybe like, we should you know, revisit that. We talked about it before, I think, but maybe we need to revisit that topic at some point in the future. Needs assessment, yeah, yeah. Well, how I think, do I think that's okay, one of the things that uh, that uh, Allison wants to talk about too. So, okay, all right. So good springboard. Let's yeah wrap it up. Yes, so tra- new year. What are your expectations? Yeah, what are my expectations? <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't have expectations and I don't have resolutions. I just want to make it through the year. Maybe I should so, get that Stone song for the outro. Got no expectations. Is that a Stone song? Yeah. I got no expectations? Yeah. Which song? I think it's, I don't know. I'll find it. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, I think I used to uh, drive up to my high school when I was teaching in my Volkswagen bus and, you know, with uh, Respectable by the Stones blaring every morning. So, anyway. 
Okay. Well, Tony, have a good year. Have yeah. A, happy New Year, Charles. Happy New Year to you. So, we're two teachers talking. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Happy New Year to all you guys out there. And everybody knows where to find us. So, be well, Tony. Okay. Bye. Take me to the station And put me on a train I've got no expectations To pass